Hello and welcome to our Valentine's special Erwin Mitchell podcast. We're here to keep you up to date with legal and financial news that matters to you. My name is Zara Pabani and I'm a partner in the family law team at Erwin Mitchell. I'll be in the hot seat today and we'll be discussing how to find love in lockdown and how to protect yourself when you do. I am delighted to welcome two guests today, Rachel McLynn, founder of the Vida Consultancy, which is an exclusive matchmaking agency, and Annabelle Bosman. Annabelle is the head of relationship management for a well-renowned wealth management firm, Royal Bank of Canada. Thank you both for joining me here today. Now, before we get started, I want to just kick off with a light-hearted question. It's Valentine's Day today. So, Rachel, what have you done today or what will you do today? Well, um, I have two little boys aged three and five. So Valentine's Day for us this year being in lockdown involves having a Valentine's Day party with the kids. So I have um, spent most of the day yesterday decorating the house with love hearts and um, balloons. Brilliant. um, Preparing cupcakes, the usual. So we'll be spending the afternoon with the kids um, doing everything Valentine's related, lots of music. And then um, my partner, Jamie, he's the chef of the household. So he'll be cooking a meal for me this evening. Bottle of bread, movie, simple but loving. Oh, that sounds fantastic. You're going all out. I love it. Um, Go on, Annabelle. Can you beat that? No, I can't. I absolutely (laughs) have Valentine's Day envy now. So I've also got two young kids, but I've got a boy and a girl. Um, so usually my time is spent um, mediating between the two of them. Um, it's a bit like living with a divorcing couple a lot of the time. Um, so I think Valentine's Day, you know, it's not going to be all hearts and flowers for us, but we are going to have a good takeaway meal from our lovely local pub later on this evening. The kids will be down early, I hope, um, and then we'll probably be Netflix and chill um, on the sofa after the meal. Oh, fantastic. Oh, great. I love it. Well, I've got a little all out today. Would you believe this? I've got a Valentine's Day wreath on the front door. I thought that would cheer people up as they walk past. We've got red balloons and I'm making my husband's favourite meal, meatballs. Um, I've got a three year old little girl, so we're going to make some biscuits as well. So, I mean, you know, it's whatever you're doing. It's just something different, isn't it, today? I mean, and this year is going to be different for so many of us. But I think whatever we do, and even in this podcast today, we just want to spread a little bit of love and hope and joy for people. Now, let's get into the meat of this, Rachel. So, once upon a time, online dating was just so taboo. And I can say that with some experience, as myself and my husband are a product of online dating. And I remember it being taboo personally for me. Now, how has that changed and developed? And where are we really at today? Is it now the go-to? And can it really replace that random chance meeting or that natural introduction? Well, I would say that as of right now, there really isn't much opportunity at all for random chance meetings or natural introductions, of course, because of the pandemic. But it seems also as a result of the pandemic, people are really flocking towards online dating sites or offline matchmakers. Um, But if we go back to pre-pandemic, I started matchmaking in 2006, so 15 years ago. And back then, anyone who was using online dating was probably absolutely mortified by their experience. Um, Even matchmaking agencies were um, very old school. So what I can only describe as twin set and pearls, very much designed for an older clientele. Um, Then we go forward a bit to 2012, which was when Tinder was launched. And all of a sudden, the dating landscape completely transformed overnight. So online dating went from being massively taboo to 
really socially acceptable. We also saw younger generations starting to be drawn into this new form of dating. Um, and today, um, I, to be honest, I meet very few people who haven't tried some form of online dating. And you see dating apps such as Raya, which is uh, really designed for the uh, creative industry, which is not only socially acceptable, but socially desirable, so much so that people are actually queuing up to join this app a little bit like a private members club. If I look at my own clients, um, we have lots of very successful clients who are high net worth, ultra high net worth, some of them quite high profile, but they're still a lot of them are quite comfortable having their profile online on a dating site or dating app whilst continuing to use our own very discreet offline uh, matchmaking service. So I do think that the taboo um, associated with online dating has almost completely dispelled, especially in cosmopolitan cities um, where people really need to have some sort of mechanism to help them to find a partner um, because people are just so busy. But what I am finding at the moment is that people are becoming increasingly frustrated with online dating, which is what I think is giving it a bit of a bad rap. But that's simply because people haven't learned the tactics that are needed to use dating sites successfully. Um, and what I believe is if that you do learn the tactics, well, then online dating can actually be a really fantastic way to find your partner. I mean, it's really fascinating and it is a big, booming business at the moment. I'm looking forward to digging into a bit more with you. Um, but let's come to you, Annabelle. So, Annabelle, you and I both know somebody who's been once bitten, twice shy can be really afraid to jump into a new relationship. Financial security is incredibly important to people as well as love. And you know that I advise on wealth protection tools such as prenups, postnups, living together agreements. Most people will know that whilst prenuptial agreements don't form part of the law of England and Wales, if done properly, then the courts are upholding them. So they're a key document that you can do before a marriage, whether it be first, second or third marriage, to protect your wealth. Postnuptial agreements are a similar tool, and actually you do those after you're married. And with living together agreements, now they're really interesting, and we see them more and more, whereby somebody decides they don't want to be married again, perhaps they've been married before, or it's a new relationship and they're not ready to get married yet. And with living together agreements, it's a contract. Two people enter into a contract to say what will happen to their finances or the property if they don't go the distance. And I think some people, whilst there's no such thing as a common law wife and husband, some people don't actually realise that if someone makes a physical or financial contribution to your property, directly or indirectly, then potentially they have a claim. So really important areas that, as you know, we advise on all the time. What are you seeing with your clients and how do you advise clients to look for love but still protect their wealth? I think if I can give one piece of advice and what we try and get our clients to do is to talk about it. So, you know, quite often that is easier with somebody else in the room, whether that's a wealth manager or a lawyer. It is easier to have some of these conversations around financial goals, um, security with a, almost like a, a, third, a third party in the room. And that's that's a real benefit, I think, of, of involving somebody, a professional advisor at early stages. I mean, if you think about it this way. You're bringing someone into your life. Quite often they bring a lot of baggage with them. Most oftentimes that's financial baggage. And when that honeymoon period starts to feel more like a package holiday, it's really important that you, know, you talk about it, that you talk about 
what goals you're looking for, what's important to you, what's important to your family. Um, and that's, you know, really what we try and encourage, encourage with our clients at early stages before you get to the point of having to have, you know, a lawyer in the room at sort of late stages. So I think that's, that's the key piece of advice that I would give, talk about it. Our job is to help clients with those um, important conversations, get that structuring right, hold assets in the right way, use what tax breaks you can. Uh, between married couples is a great example of that. Um, and oftentimes what we're also having to do is challenge expectations of our clients. So, you know, if you have a financial goal, is that realistic? Can you achieve it? How are you going to achieve it? Those are the types of, you know, they're not always comfortable conversations, but they're great ones to have and they're great ones that you can have with somebody else in the room. You're so right. And it comes back to that is something taboo or not? You know, prenups, postnups, talking about entering into a wealth protection tool. Whilst it's so romantic, it protects you so well and it's just not taboo anymore. Um, so, Rachel, let me come back to you. Let's talk about this some more. Dating online during lockdown. I mean, can you really identify a spark or chemistry over the World Wide Web? Well, I would say, you know, at the moment, thank God for Zoom or any form of video dating. So um, it's really opened up the possibilities for people to connect safely while we're navigating our way through this pandemic. Um, for us as matchmakers, we have actually seen a really brilliant year um, setting up clients on Zoom dates. And most of our clients, even the technophobes among, amongst them, have absolutely loved being able to meet people digitally and the opportunities that that has opened up. So I have to say with the um, with the pandemic and people having to meet remotely, um, it's created a real shift in people's attitudes towards dating that I find just completely inspiring. So what's happening is people are focusing more than ever on turning a date into a successful relationship rather than what was happening before, which was that sensation of, I don't know, being in a metaphorical sweet shop where people were just going back and wanting to date someone else or looking at another profile. Uh, which is really what online dating has encouraged people to do. So the focus now that people have is very much towards seeking a meaningful relationship. Um, and I think that's really partly due to a shift in priorities. So relationships are now more important than ever because we are questioning our own mortality as a result of the pandemic. Um, but also people are more mindful about who they're going to come into physical contact with um, because of the, the um, obvious health reasons. So what we're seeing is couples who are maybe getting together initially um, in a digital format are forming a deep cerebral connection and they're building something really, truly romantic um, that we probably wouldn't have seen a couple of years ago. I think that's incredible. And I think it's truly inspiring. I'm I'm buoyed by the fact that people are finding love in lockdown when it's so difficult for so many people right now to have that emotional release if you like and to make that emotional and as you say cerebral connection is incredible. Annabelle coming back to you again you and I both know that with some people if they want to enter into a relationship they might be thinking about the first relationship and their children from their first relationship and they'll be concerned about keeping the money down the bloodline and I think that's okay I think that's a, a sensible thing for them to do they want to set their children up they want to protect their money within the family but they still want to enter into a new a relationship with somebody new now what experience do you have of that from a financial point of view with clients and how do you advise them where do you take them in terms of this journey 
So it definitely happens and we see it, you know, fairly regularly. I think it comes back to that point around how well do we know our clients in the first place? Um, if we know them well, we know what financial goals longer term they're aiming at for themselves and for their children. Um, even if there are changes along that path along the way, you know, we're there, we've got that end goal in mind. And frankly, we're there sometimes to help challenge, um, to preempt some of those questions. Um, it's quite oftentimes to your point, Zara, you mentioned earlier about, you know, when you're in the throes of a new relationship, you don't necessarily want to ask those difficult questions about finances. So part of our role is helping our clients think through those challenges. You know, is the right will in place? You know, have you got those structures right that will protect the kids longer term? Um, and the other thing that we try to do a lot of is speak to the children. So speak to the next generation so that we're building relationships that way. So that even when somebody else comes into that family, the, the financial goals for that family remain intact and stable. And I think that's really important. But it does sometimes mean that you're playing bad cock in the room. You've hit the nail on the head so massively, Annabelle, in terms of it's not only communication within the families, but it's our communication as trusted advisors uh, with those people. And it is so important to be speaking to the right people as well as speaking to each other. Thanks for that. So, Rachel, coming back to you now. Now, I'm Asian. And in the Asian community, I've seen a lot of successful arranged marriages. I'm not pro-force marriage in any way, shape or form. But in the Asian culture, you do have marriage committees that look at families and match people according to wealth, status, looks. And forgive me if I say this, what you do is really an extension of this. And I know you build more psychology into this. But at the end of the day, isn't it about looks, wealth and a spark? Well, I would say that looks, wealth and spark, of course, all play a part for most people. But if you're looking for someone that you want to spend the rest of your life with, well, then there is a lot more to it that people need to be thinking about and reflecting on. So the work that we do as matchmakers is very heavily based on assessing core values. In fact, we take our clients through it's almost like five, five key steps or stages to on their journey towards finding a compatible life partner. The first step at the very beginning of their, their membership with us involves really getting to know who they are and their own core values, their attitudes, what they stand for in life. From there, we are able to build up a profile of their ideal match, someone who is inherently compatible with them. The third step then involves visualizing the relationship that they're seeking, um, which is you know a bit of a goal setting exercise, but it really helps them to focus on what success would look like. And then the fourth and a very crucial step, especially in modern society, is having a strategy in place that is going to take them from where they are now and into that successful relationship. Um, and that's a big part of, of the, the matchmaker's role is to deliver that strategy. Um, and then the uh, final and fifth step involves the client getting out there and dating with meaning and purpose, being able to reflect back and um, understand that, that they are making progression with every interaction that they have. Um, most people don't actually do any of these steps at all. And then they're they're left feeling maybe frustrated with being single, feeling a bit despondent about finding a partner, a bit directionless. Um, but actually, the solution in my mind is actually really very simple. All people need to have is, you know, the key ingredients of having a growth mindset and a plan and actually just getting out there and dating with with meaning and purpose. 
Wow. Now that is really incredible. I mean, nobody told me that when I was doing this. I just thought you kiss so many frogs and then you'll meet your prince. And luckily I did. Uh, but that is really, really helpful. I'm sure to a lot of people listening today, that's really helpful information. Annabelle, asking you something a little bit more personal, really. What do you think about this? What do you think about what Rachel's talking about and this matchmaking and online dating? You know, what do you see in your client sphere? What do you see in your personal sphere? Are you seeing this happening more and more? Well, first of all, I have to say, I think there's so many parallels in what Rachel was talking about, how you approach dating and how you can approach financial planning. You know, it's the same things. Identify what's important to you, your core values, your goals, you know, be deliberate about it. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting that she was talking. So I was thinking there are so many things there that we would advise our clients to do when they're thinking about their financial plans. So financial planning isn't always uh, always dull, but it's definitely something we see. And, and, you know, for me now, I've got friends who are going through divorces, coming out the other side, going on to the dating scene and almost having to retrain themselves because they did go out to bars and stumble across husbands as it turned out you know some more successfully than others um, and they're having to retrain themselves to think about online dating um, so it's it is an interesting time i think you know when you're slightly over over a certain age um, having those conversations and retraining yourself to think differently and more deliberately as, as rachel's pointed out um, is really important um, so yes definitely something that i've seen both in personal life um, but also uh, within work. And I'm mentally going through a list of people I can send over to Rachel's referrals. Aren't we all? I'm thinking that too. And it, it really is an investment in ourselves, isn't it? We almost, we deserve it, don't we? Everybody deserves to be happy and deserves to find somebody if that's what they choose and want. Um, it's a fantastic investment that people should think about. Now, coming back to you, Rachel, a question that I'm sure lots of people want to know. Tell us about your membership. I understand you have an active and passive membership. And I'm intrigued by that and intrigued by the fact that you've talked about high net worth, ultra high net worth people. But I also understand that you like to have a good cross section of people on your um, on your books, if you like. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, there's a definite cross section. Um, our membership is split into two very distinct tiers. So um, we work with a few hundred clients um, per year and they would pay an average of 18,000 uh, British pounds or $25,000 to work with a matchmaker. Um, and that fee is really going towards paying for our expertise, but also the resource um, that we have access to, which is in the form of an exclusive invite only network of exceptional single people. Um, and this network is completely offline and very discreet. Uh, we've been building this network um, over the years and it forms a very captive audience of exactly the type of partners um, our clients are seeking. So um, uh, on that basis, we we do have a very, um, like a complete cross section on the passive, particularly on the passive membership side, which is what we call our open membership, um, because our clients will be looking for a partner that could be anything from the self-made entrepreneur, with a high risk appetite, very you know high sense of adventure to maybe someone who is culturally Jewish or someone who's an all round high achiever. But also a lot of our clients, they're they're not necessarily looking for the high education, high achieving, you know, um, and 
person in that sense maybe they are looking for someone who is more of a homemaker um someone who looks the part or who is just has a, an absolute heart of gold and would make a, a really fantastic mother or father to their kids i love it i mean everybody's looking for something and the beauty is we're all looking for something different aren't we and that's what makes the world go around um so my last question that i'm going to put to both of you now today can be a tough day for people it can be a sad and lonely time and i think there are so many people out there looking for love or feeling lost and lonely in the relationship they are in. What's the one thing that you would say to people if you were going to give somebody some advice or just some direction about love and life right now? Annabelle, what would you say? I'm a big believer in the the old adage of if you can't love yourself, how can you expect someone else to love you? So I think it's a great opportunity to really think about what's important to you and whether that's, you know, as we've heard from Rachel in relationships, whether it's your financial goals, you know, there's a there's a time, it's it's time well spent to be a little bit selfish and go into self-preservation mode um, and learn about what's important to you. Back to Rachel's points on core values, you know, what are they? Um, take some time to 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 spend with yourself um, and I think that's that's always got to be time well spent particularly right now when you're right it's difficult to see the hope out there so if you focus on yourself then I think that's a good place to start I think you're so right a bit of me time think about yourself invest in yourself and think about yourself first I totally agree with you Rachel what would you say um so I probably have three different suggestions for anyone who's if they are single feeling a little bit lost um, I think there are yeah, three things that you can do to take some proactive steps. So first of all, if you um, haven't tried meeting someone via Zoom um, through online dating, I would definitely suggest give it a go because I've seen lots of people who are maybe technophobes or um, just quite sort of anti-Zoom uh, dating. And actually, I've seen lots of successes and lots of amazing relationships be formed over the last 12 months or so. Um, something else that you can do just for yourself um, as more of a um, reflective exercise is to just spend a bit of time thinking back through previous relationships and for each relationship that you've had, write down all of the qualities that your partner had that you know really worked for you um, and also any qualities that your partner had that maybe led to arguments or maybe the demise of the relationship altogether. And by going through and, and kind of assessing each of your previous experience, your previous uh, relationship experiences, it can help you to start to think consciously about the type of partner that you should be looking for. Um, and then by doing that, it will help you to recognise the right partner when you do come across him or her, whether it's online or eventually when you're able to start meeting people organically again. Um, and my third suggestion, if you are serious about finding a partner, then you're very, very welcome to send an email to me at membership at theVidaconsultancy.com mention Zara and I would very happily send you an invitation to apply for our open membership which is free to join. Well now, now that is fantastic Rachel I'm sure everybody's scrabbling uh, to note that down and get in touch. Both of you have been incredible today and I think that's been so insightful and what I want to say to people listening today there should be no pressure on anybody today. But I think whether it be today or another day, showing somebody a little act of random love or kindness can go a really long way. So whether it be to your partner, to 
your spouse, to your child, to a work colleague, a friend or a neighbour. I think what we'd say is, and what I would say is, be good to each other and be kind. Whatever form that takes for you right now, reach out to someone, show them you care and spread a bit of love. Thank you both, Annabelle and Rachel, today. And that's it for today. Thanks for listening to the Irwin Mitchell podcast. I hope you found it interesting. Please do join us for another episode. Stay safe, stay well.